0: Sunflower Podcast is your go-to podcast for entrepreneurship and business strategy. This is the Sunflower Podcast. Welcome back to Sunflower Podcast. My name is Andrew Olson. I'm your host here today with Rob Ryan. Rob, it's always good to be with you. Good to be with you, Andrew. So Rob, in our last episode, we talked about wannabe entrepreneurs, and I want to continue that conversation today. Uh, playing off a lot of the questions you ask in the first chapter of your book, SmartUps. Um, but before we dive into that, we got a listener question on our LinkedIn page. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and read that for you here now. So this question says, you know, I'm a young, recent college graduate uh, wanting to start a company. Financing has been a struggle um, in getting my business off the ground. Do you have any tips on
1: acquiring initial capital? So this is uh, a very common question, which is whether the entrepreneur is young or not so young. The whole focus is always on acquisition of finance or acquisition of dollars. Um, And what he didn't talk about because it's a question, but I'll talk about, um, is, you know, what is it they're doing? Uh, you know, what what is the product or service, and how uh, how strong is that? What's the depth of it in the sense of, I measure the strength of a product or a service in terms of its core competencies. If the core competencies are interesting that you have to have, and they're fairly unique and they're very leverageable, then that product and service has a high score to me. Um, Because it's not easy for somebody to knock it off, not easy for somebody to do. But once you do it, uh, it's defensible. Um, The second part he didn't talk about but I'll talk about is, has he been out talking with prospect and customers? with respect to his idea. And the general answer to that generally is not so much. Uh, so having now raised a couple of issues, let me get back to the finance portion of the question. Money is the last thing you know, you're know, you going to secure. You're only going to secure money from any professional investor or an angel investor If you have all of the other questions answered, and frankly, some sort of prototype and and prospect account, that's the profile that gets funded. Um, The profile that gets told that it's an interesting idea and come back when you have more data is when you come in without that. Um, Now, who, who does fund uh, things when it's incredibly ambiguous your mom your mom and your dad fund things your uncles fund things you know serious seriously good friends and your own pocketbook
0: no that's that's great you know i totally agree i think some of the best companies start by bootstrapping um And, you know, family and friends are the way to go there. So thank you for that. Uh, For everyone else out there, if you have a question that you would like answered here on the air, you can always message us on LinkedIn and uh, we'll try to get it featured on an upcoming episode. But back to wannabes. Um, We started this topic in our last episode. And, of course, you know, we learned that wannabe is not a derogatory term for you know an entrepreneur but it's a term um you know with these set of questions that we're asking it's meant to get people thinking about the way they think as entrepreneurs and if they can improve themselves so the first question um i want to ask you today from your book is um, do you find yourself reading um, analyst reports and getting excited about major market opportunities
1: and trends yeah, I mean, so the, in today's world, there's a ton of data that can uh, be realized. How how much of that data to be believed, and the source of that data is always questionable. Um, in in raising this question, I raise it only because a lot of people rely on, uh, you know, the data and. The media to to suggest to them that this is a really hot area, and they ought to do something in that hot area. And because if they do something in the hot area, then they, by definition, you know, are going to you know be a hot startup. And the answer is not so much. Uh, if you're in a hot area because it's written about a whole lot, and you're one of the leading experts and you have a whole team to back that up that whatever your ideas are in that hot area that you can execute in that in that area based on your team or and your previous track record then yeah the hot area will confer some hotness to you if you're just in an area that's a hot area but when one looks at you and your team there's no correlation between me seeing that you have a chance of fulfilling um, on that, then all that means to me is you just spent your time kind of reading a lot, either on the net or other uh, places, and of just sort of parroting things, which is, from my mind, not worth anything.
0: Great, thank you. Um, you know, our next question I wanna move on to is, did you destroy a force to create your business plan? What do you mean by that?
1: Yeah, I mean, there are teams that I've seen over the years that uh, come in, and literally there's probably 140 pages of PowerPoint, you know. Oh, wow. Now, whenever I see 140 pages or 40 pages, or frankly, even 30 pages or 20 pages, my eyes glaze over. I'm, I generally take all the pages, you know, whether it's an, an online presentation, of course, now in the era of COVID, or in the old days, a face to face presentation where we had the slides in front of us as well as being projected. I use it as scrap paper. I actually then ask the entrepreneurs to go to the whiteboard. And in a very short period of time, like an elevator pitch, uh, explain to me their business, who the customers are and what the value equation is. Very quickly, rapidly, those those questions. You know how many entrepreneurs are able to do that if I out of 100? Maybe two. Wow. Maybe two or three. Most of them, you know, uh, not so much. There's probably another 10 that kind of are around in the right forest. And then there's a whole... A whole bunch that, after listening to and seeing what they write down on the whiteboard, I'm still confused. You know, I'm a fairly bright guy, and I'm I'm still confused after giving them uh, a lot of elevator stops, not just a few floors, but a lot of floors. You know, um, you know the, I think it it's better to try to uh, less is more. Um, the more you think about something and the more you really understand something, the, the less you need to write about it. And in fact, you might be able to capture one slide okay, that you can talk to. That's the extreme, but a couple of slides. Um, if you're talking to venture people, yeah, you're going to have to have spreadsheets and stuff to demonstrate the, what you think the financials are. But overwhelming somebody with a forest of slides is is not necessarily and it's certainly not going to do it for me.
0: Does your business slide presentation have a lot of market graphs and analysis quotes? Um, I guess this could be updated to PowerPoint presentation, um, but. Sure.
1: sure, I mean. There are teams that. Uh, they co they commingle the their idea of producing all this justification for their for their business idea. And they're kind of whipping out different graphs and different quotes. and um, and that again, is a reflection of you know hotness. So remember, if there are a lot of graphs and a lot of quotes that you're borrowing from a lot of different places, um, that means you haven't actually necessarily gone down the path less traveled, have you? You're on a path that is traveled, because by very definition, there's a whole bunch of market graphs and, and material. For my money, I want to see the path less traveled. So there isn't a whole lot. Of those things available, it's somebody that's overlaying their vision of a of the universe and how they see the universe, which in, is hopefully very different than all the other people see the universe. And if they're right and if they can execute, then you're on a necessary condition to building, you know, the billion dollar company. The um, if you're on a path with which has a zillion pieces of a- analysis, I suggest that you're on a pretty well-worn path there, aren't you? <clears throat> so the next question
0: you pose is, do you have the urge to talk to everybody about your idea or do you do all the talking?
1: The way uh, a, lot, a lot of entrepreneurs are so insistent on looking for money, that their topic of discussion with practically anybody that would listen to them is money. Um, and so speaking for myself as a, an angel investor, uh, and I also participate in as a limited partner in, in venture capital funds, I don't want to hear about you know how much money you have. Or needs. Excuse me. I want to. I want to hear about, you know, your vision uh, for this area that hopefully is a path less traveled. Your competencies that would suggest to me that you could actually do something about this. This vision and your reports on the different customers that you've actually interacted with, uh, so that you have real live data. Uh, Those things are more impressive to me. And to impress me a great, great deal, you can answer what I call the value equation. The value equation is how much money do you make or save for the customer with your product or service? If you have an answer to that, not a hand wave, but an answer, like I save $2,000 a month in the following, under the following conditions. Yep, that's an interesting answer to me. Maybe not $2,000 a month, but having specifics is interesting.
0: That's great. Going along with that, do you feel when you angel invest or when you invest in any company, are you investing more so in the entrepreneur or the company itself, do you feel?
1: So when I invest in a in a company which is so rare um, that there's a only a handful that have been done over the years, the most recent one is Sunvia. And that entrepreneur was, you know, Jay Williams, who's the president and co co-founder uh, of it. So what I saw in Jay is a complete savant in technology and architecture, having built many, many enterprise level systems, um, and then a vision for the metaverse and what he wanted to do in the metaverse that I hadn't heard or seen. That was completely different than any of the visions that have been pumped. plus uh, an ability to raise a team was really difficult in this day and age to get good senior people. Wow. When I saw all three of those combinations, and then let me add the fourth, which was a track record of having done startups and having done them successfully with some liquidity outcome, maybe not. a zillion dollar outcome, but they you know they did well enough to have a, a liquidity outcome. Uh, yeah, that's a combination now that you don't see that combination. If you bump into a thousand people, you might see it once. So that's yeah. one that I go deep dive in, you know, he's and then a, eventually did invest.
0: He's a golden entrepreneur for sure. Um, and it's been incredible watching. Sunvia Grow, for, for our listeners out there, Sunvia is our parent company right now, um, and they're doing a lot of incredible things. You should go check out their website, uh, sunvia.com. Um, but back to these wannabe questions, You know, the next question you ask um, is, you know, are you walking around talking to every venture capitalist who will listen to your idea?
1: Yeah, so many, many times entrepreneurs, Kind of uh, prematurely uh, shoot their uh, their wad. There, uh, they run around and uh, to a whole list of VCs that they get from some sort of random walkabout or from friends, um, and they're obviously trying to raise raise money. So, what's wrong with this? Well, number one is I'd rather they run around and be talking to a list of customers uh, and prospects. Because with customers and prospects, you're getting real data on your service and product. And if you're really lucky, really, really good, and your product and company is good, they may even pay for the product in advance to you even having it. Okay. Does that happen? Yes, it does. It does happened with Ascend, and Ascend is not unique. There have been other companies that have bootstrapped that that way. And by the way, when that happens, isn't that a marvelous thing? It's like an A++, isn't it? Um, So when you're running around with VCs, first of all, each one of those VCs is a well, if you will, and you peed in every single one of those wells. All you're going to end up getting most likely is, yo, this is interesting. Your team is interested. Why don't you come back when you have a little bit more data? That's code for not in a million years am I going to give you any, any money now. But I'm way too nice to tell you to get the hell out of here. But I'm looking at my watch within five minutes. Um, unfortunately, a lot of entrepreneurs go down that down that path not a good path you know by the way you have polluted a whole lot of wells you know on that path
0: yeah and um these next questions that you pose have to do with money um and they directly correlated that question we had at the beginning of uh of the episode today um the next question you ask is do you find yourself asking strangers for money
1: (laughs) uh Yeah, I mean, it's just an extreme example of going around uh, into the wells, right? I mean, mean, it's just practically a raw stranger um, will get get asked. And I have no idea what's going through their mind, other than desperation um, when that's happening. You know, I think that for a raw startup that has some service or product idea and has very little track record, a best way to get that stuff going is bootstrap through friends and um, family. Because your goal for the friends and family is to get the product built and to get some customers online that are paying. Once you have enough of those, then you're in a stage where you can start answering questions to professional investors, angels or venture capitalists. Um, And even Sunvia, uh, with my track record and Jay's track record, we bootstrapped. We bootstrapped. That should give you a clue. We're still bootstrapped. Um, We haven't had a professional, if you will, VC round. That's interesting, right? Rob has some experience in growing companies. Jay has a lot of experience also in growing companies. And look what we did. Could we have raised money? Yeah, sure. But we had a lot of questions we wanted answered. And the valuation you would get early on versus the valuation we're going to get downstream are significantly different. That just
0: goes to show that really no entrepreneur is above bootstrapping and that some of the best companies out there were bootstrapped in the beginning, like Google, Apple, these are all bootstrap companies. They started in their parents' garages and, you know, look at them now. Um, (laughs) Look at them now. (laughs) So, overall, this has been a great conversation on um, wannabe entrepreneurs. And I want to continue this conversation but we're just about out of time today. So uh, next week, everyone, we're gonna go into part three of "Want to Be Entrepreneurs here on Sunflower Podcast. Thank you all for joining us today. It's been great to have you with us. If you enjoyed listening to Rob and I, go ahead and leave us a review on wherever you're listening to your podcast. Um, if you wanna follow us on social media, we're on LinkedIn at The Sunflower Academy. You can also follow Rob on LinkedIn at Rob Ryan. Thank you all for joining us and we'll talk to you next time.